the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review with Hugh Hewitt podcast, bringing to you the best voices on the stories and issues that matter. Helping make it all possible is the generous partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. Here's another piece I'll trust you enjoy. Good morning, Steve. How are you? Good morning, Hugh. I'm doing well, thank you. Now, I've, I've got to put you on the spot because you are Mr. Polling, and you and I both know it was a pretty bad year for polls. And I had predicted that uh, people would be very reluctant to poll the Georgia runoffs because another failure would destroy credibility. But here we are. This morning has been released. A poll from WXIA, which is Channel 11 in Atlanta. We're on in Atlanta. In fact, I've got the second highest rated show in Atlanta during drive time. And these polls are absurd. Survey USA is the partner. One of them says John Ossoff is two points ahead of David Perdue, 50 to 48. And the other says Raphael Warnick is seven points ahead of Kelly Leffler, 52 to 45. I think it is complete and other crap. What do you think, Steve? (laughs) Well, I I would say um, two things. Number one, Georgia was one of the states where the polling problem wasn't as bad um, as you saw in other states. Um, that said, this particular poll that you're talking about, if you take a look back um, at the election and you take a look at the composition of this poll here, um, you could make an argument it may not be fully representing the Republican vote when you start breaking down these uh, these polls. But I think my thing with Georgia is we don't really need polls to tell us what I think um, we already know. And it's, these are going to be close races. These are going to be competitive races. We kind of know the counties where it's going to be decided. Um, I, I think it's going to go a couple points. Maybe they're in a great scenario for Republicans. They win these races by, I'd say, up to you know five points, high single digits. And in a great scenario for Democrats, they, they eke it out. Uh, uh, yeah, and, Steve, I'll, I'll go on record. I think it's going to be high digits for both candidates, Leffler and Purdue, based upon the Sachse-Chambliss race, based upon the theory that voters are smart, and based upon the fact that everyone will know you've got to vote on or before January 5, and based upon the fact Republicans will get the turnout going early to early voting to avoid a weather shutdown. And meanwhile, Raphael Warnick is way outside of the mainstream, and John Ossoff is a 33-year-old wonder kid who has lost before, twice election. And here's the key. The actual counts in the primary that we saw were the general election, David Perdue almost got the 50%. He won by 88,000 votes head-to-head with John Ossoff. And in the Republican versus everybody else split, Kelly Leffler and all the Republicans, including Doug Collins and a couple others, won versus all the Democrats plus the independents plus the Greens by more than 70,000 votes. So I actually don't believe these numbers are just insane. They can't show up. It's a stunt. It's sort of stunt polling. And I wonder if you think stunt polling, it's the First Amendment protects it, but should we call it out? Is there an obligation on genuine news organizations to call out stunt polling? Yeah, I mean, in this case, I I wouldn't. I don't think that's how I characterize the Survey USA poll. You know, I, I mean, I think there's reason to question certainly whether that result is what we're going to see in January. I think you're laying out the reason right there. Joe Biden won the state, but it does seem that Georgia is one of the places where this this phenomenon of ticket splitting that we thought was kind of obsolete in American politics uh, did play a role. You did have a 
and you can see this when you look at the maps in Georgia, when you look at the county-by-county maps, particularly on sort of the the outer tier of the Atlanta metro area. That's where I see it. You see voters who are clearly willing, clearly clearly ready, I should say, to say, no, uh, I'm done with President Trump, but I'm not ready for Democrats running the U.S. Senate. And and it was there were splits there um, in a number of counties where you could see Joe Biden just doing significantly better than Ossoff, doing significantly better than the combined Democratic candidates in the jungle primary. And, and those voters, you would think, I agree with you, those voters, I, you would think, would be most receptive to a Republican message right now of, OK, hey, Biden's coming in. Don't give him a blank check. Don't give him a Democratic Senate. The wild card that I see here, though, is obviously you've got some of the president's allies there in Georgia. You've got Lynn Wood. You've got other folks. Um, you've got the president himself going after Republican leaders in Georgia. And I do wonder, A, does that have some effect on the Republican base in Georgia? And B, does all of that activity, does that posturing, uh, does that motivate the Democratic base in Georgia in a way that it normally wouldn't be motivated uh, for a runoff election? And, and Steve, my, my thinking on this is I never name the fringe, not on any issue. And you just named a fringe character. And I mean really a fringe character who has got no affiliation with or association with uh, the Trump campaign, the Purdue campaign, and the Leffler campaign. The president has told him to knock it off. The president has distanced himself from Sidney Powell, who is not a fringe character because she's in the major news. But this fellow is self-appointed. And uh, a trial lawyer that I think is just looking for publicity. What I'm afraid is that the grand narrative, which is center-left in this country because it's produced by center-left media generally, uh, is trying to stir up, uh, because they can't use suppression polling like Wisconsin, where the ABC Washington Post poll had Trump down by 17 points six days before the election, Steve. That's what I have talked to people about. That's suppression polling. They're, they've got a suppression narrative or an exaggeration narrative to try and stir up interest in a race where Raphael Warnick is way outside of the ordinary mainstream of Democratic politicians. I mean, he's to the left of AOC. Well, I, I suspect I don't know this, you know, with any sort of um, insider level of knowledge. I suspect there will be more polls in Georgia, despite all of the red flags that were kind of raised by um, by the polling track record on Election Day. Th- though I mentioned this at the top, I, I, if you look at this state by state, um, Georgia did not have the kind of polling miss that Wisconsin did, and and it really does look like, to me at least, that there was a type of voter that was missed. It has been consistently missed in the polling now for three or four elections. It is, it's a blue-collar, more rural, more ex-urban, generally white voter in the northern tier of the country. Um, in places like Wisconsin, Wisconsin would be ground zero for it, but Iowa, Ohio, Michigan, Pennsylvania, western Maine, all of these places, that's where just consistently we've been seeing these five, ten, even more uh, point polling fails. But if you looked at Georgia, um, the demographics are a little bit more sorted out there, I think, in a way where the polling has not been as off. Now, again, that doesn't mean this one poll from Survey USA has it right, because any one poll can be way off. And, and I, I tend to agree with you, as I say, that the dynamics of this race give the Republicans a built-in advantage. But I do think it's a bit of a volatile political situation there, because I do think 
there are a lot of things happening down there. Forget, you know, you want to say fringe characters, forget that. But I think there are a lot of other things happening. Well, sure, the president's going this weekend. Now, I would argue, back to you, Steve, to consider the Florida misses on Ron DeSantis and Rick Scott from two years ago. More importantly, even the original Matt Bevin miss in Kentucky, uh, which has a lot to do with a Georgia special because Kentucky's in an off year. It's a strange thing. No one else in the country is voting. Media is not talking about it except in Kentucky. So national media, now that's a little bit different because national media kind of is looking at Georgia, but not really. I've got 13 affiliates in Georgia. All I talk about is Chuck Schumer threatening to annex Georgia to Manhattan, and I play the tape. In fact, let's play that, the the most infamous clip in American political uh, campaign history, cut number eight. Now we take Georgia, and then we change the world. Yeah! I'm sorry, can you repeat that, Mr. Schumer? Now we take Georgia, and then we change America. I play that at least three times a day, Steve Kornacki. Uh, How do you think that plays in Georgia? Well, I mean, there it is. That is the message that I think Republicans believe with with some historical justification will be very effective in a runoff election. You've got a Democratic president coming in. He's got a Democratic House. Don't give him a Democratic Senate. Put a check on him. I mean, you, you mentioned it in the past. That has worked in Georgia before. The, the other wild card in Georgia, though, uh, that I think is worth keeping in mind, too, is the state is changing. Um, if, if you look just between 2016 and 2020, you know, one of the reasons Biden was able to win Georgia is the share of the vote in Georgia coming out of rural areas dropped pretty significantly. Rural areas where Trump was getting, you know, 80, 85 percent of the vote, he was still getting that share of the vote. But the rural vote wasn't making up as big a share of the statewide vote as it has before. And meanwhile, that Atlanta metro area, I, I look at there's a there's a nine county core in and around Atlanta. Uh, it is getting bigger and bigger just by population. It's getting much, much more Democratic. It, it seems with every passing month, it's a place that Hillary Clinton basically won this nine county zone I'm talking about by 30 points. Joe Biden basically won it by 40 points. So Democrats are squeezing more and more votes out of a fast-growing area, and it's also scrambling the politics of the state. Again, it wasn't enough. I think it is a critical point. It wasn't enough in those Senate races to give the Democrats the combined vote advantage uh, in November. Uh, But there are a lot of voters there that Democrats think they could activate um, just based on kind of what's happening in the country right now, who they normally wouldn't uh, for a runoff. And I'd say, let's see. You know, and I'll say the other interesting demographic that isn't really tracked carefully is retired military, which has soared in Georgia because of the tax structure and the Second Amendment people. And they will know this race matters greatly to them. Steve Kornacki, follow him on Twitter at Steve Kornacki. Thanks for listening to the Town Hall Review. Our program is coming today in partnership with the Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy. It's America's most unique graduate leadership programs offered on Pepperdine's breathtaking campus in Malibu, California. Learn more at publicpolicy.pepperdine.edu. If you're enjoying the podcast, please tell a friend to go to Town Hall Review and sign up as well today. This is Lonnie Chen of the Hoover Institution for townhall.com. It's easy to dismiss the upcoming Senate elections in Georgia as just another vote to decide two more seats in Congress. And that ultimately, it may not be all that consequential. I'm sure some of our fellow Americans, and more than a few Georgians, wonder what the point of voting is at all, given the outcome of the recent presidential elections. But I'd urge those Georgians with doubts or who wonder if their vote matters to recognize that the upcoming elections in their state do indeed matter. A lot. 
An unconstrained left means a move towards socialized medicine, the Green New Deal, and much higher taxes for many Americans. The only way that can be stopped is if Georgia voters cast their ballots, either by mail or in person, in the upcoming runoff elections for the U.S. Senate. Your voices will matter, and your votes will be consequential. Don't miss out on this opportunity to make a real difference for all Americans. I'm Lon He Chen. The Pepperdine Graduate School of Public Policy, for those considering careers in politics and policy.